Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. We're back. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. All right. We're excited. We are Kelly. so excited. Kelly, how do you feel today? You ready for this? <laughs> All right. So the truth is, is that I'm super excited about the hymn. But okay. I mean, it's cold. It's rainy. We are like in the throes of winter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm ready, you know, for a little spring. Yeah, I have my hot cup of coffee sitting here with yeah. me. I want, I'm trying to stay warm and toasty. But yeah, it's kind of a gross day. It was a day I wanted to stay in bed. Right. Right, and but Kel- but the hymn talk twin talk is calling, <laughs> and this hymn like excited me. There was like something about it that got me, you know, really glad we're doing hymn talk twin talk. It's for hymns like this, right? And you know, this did not come from a listener. This came from Kelly. It came, well, it came from worship. We sang it in worship yep. a, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and th- there was something really interesting about like the authorship of it. Right. And I'm sure you guys have guesses, but I let's, wonder. Let's just. Put everyone out of their misery and reveal (laughs) this week's hymn. Are you ready? Yep. How How firm firm a foundation. foundation. Woohoo! So I was talking about the hymn with my family this this morning, and the kids were asking and hoping it was firm foundation, the praise song. Right. And and they said, you know, I mean, does everybody know the firm foundation? You know, I know. Jesus, you're You're my firm foundation. foundation. And I said, and actually, our hymn is really kind of different because our hymn talks about the Bible. Right. The word of God being our foundation. And the praise song is about Jesus. Both are right. Both are right. Both are right. Yeah. But it's, you know, a different take on the word foundation. Right. So I told them, no, we're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I always love when hymns seem like they would be about the same thing. And then right. they're really about different things. And, you know, you just see the creativity in mm-hmm. each of the hymn writers mm-hmm. or the tune writers. And, you know, they can be creative and they can say awesome things. And right. they could be really different and still both be awesome. Right. So I remember one day when we when I did pick this song for uh-huh. worship, you know, the hymn, How Firm a Foundation, um, we got the band together and they were like, right. what? This is what this isn't the firm foundation we thought. <laughs> yeah, they were so disappointed. They were totally disappointed, and I hope our congregation wasn't. It's an old. It has one. stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. We should absolutely still be singing it. Oh, the words are awesome. Yeah, you can take it at a little bit of a faster clip, don't mm-hmm. you think? It yes. can have some energy behind yes. it. We totally added yeah. jumps to it. It sounded yeah. really good. Now, the funny thing about this is that as the week was progressing and I was researching it, you know, I found an article and it was called "The History and Mystery of." How Firm a Foundation. Okay. And then one other article I saw said that it was one of the greatest hymnological mysteries of our time. There you go. I think we need to hear that drama music. <laughs> yeah, that drama. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's a mystery. And so that was what kind of enticed me mm-hmm. at the, when I saw it in, in our hymnal when we did it that right, day. Right. Because the hymnal is unclear. Now, the thing is, is that it is old. It's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. Every article that I read says we don't know who wrote yeah. it. We, there is this mystery around it. 
But oddly, it is really, really popular. Right. I know that sounds weird. Like a hymn that's hundreds of years old is really, really popular. But I mean, we read that it was published in 1700 hymnals and across so many denominations. I found an article from a Methodist website, from a Baptist mm-hmm. website, mm-hmm. and I got some great information. I even found information from the Mormon Church, the Church of Latter-day Saints. This is a big hymn of their faith, too. How can one hymn be that popular? And it's historical. Like, did you know that it was sung at the funeral of President Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, it was. And this was really interesting to me. It was sung at the funeral of Teddy Roosevelt in 1919. Okay. It was sung at the funeral of Woodrow Wilson, who died in 1924. And then if you go further back, it was sung at the funeral of Robert E. Lee, General Robert E. Lee. It said it was his favorite hymn. Wow. I'm curious to know if it was our tune, though. I know. We don't know the tune, which is one of the mysteries. But And this is definitely a story that dates back to 1898, so I'm thinking it wasn't our tune. Okay. But Carrie, it was Christmas morning. During the Spanish-American War in 1898, our American troops were stationed along the hills near Havana, Cuba, and they sang this hymn. It began with one baritone voice, and then eventually the entire army sang along, Protestant and Catholic, Northern and Southern. They were all singing together. Could you find a hymn that all of those people would know? It was How Firm a Foundation. I think that's amazing. And I think the most odd part about that is that it was Christmas. I mean, why aren't they singing away in a manger? I know. Wow. I think that is definitely a fun fact. <laughs> you know, the how this hymn is oddly popular. Yeah. And would you say it's one of your favorites? Not at all. Not at all. Although after this podcast, yes. I sort of feel like I'm loving it. Me too. And I hope our listeners kind of grow to love it too. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I loved about this hymn as I dug into it were, were definitely these fun facts. And I did love the mystery of it. But I loved the text. It was so yeah. rich from the Bible. Right I mean, from the Bible. I mean, they, it even has quotes because right. it's like taken from the Bible. The exact phrase. Mm. I know. What I know. did you find yourself loving about it? <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to I know. I was that. like, I just said what I loved about it. So, Carrie, now it's your turn. So, Dr. John Rippon, I loved his story. Rippon? Rippon? What are we calling him? Well, how do you spell it? R-I-P-P-O-N. Rippon. So, like, ribbon. Yeah, Rippon. That's how we're calling him. But it could be Rippon. Yep. <laughs> it could be Rippon. <laughs> Grey Poupon. <laughs> And I loved the the man who we b- believe is somewhat responsible for the music. This man by the name of Joseph Funk. Right. Funk. Did we he... have Rippin' and Funk. <laughs> That's a band I would totally listen to. <laughs> what are you listening to? Oh, Rippin' and Funk. <laughs> but they weren't friends, the no, two of them. No, they weren't. No, they... they lived hundreds of years apart. Not well, hundreds. Not hundreds. But they lived many, many years apart. I'm always drawn to the stories of the people and the towns and the yes. churches and, and those kinds of things. So I love these two Their stories are so different. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, music connects us. I mean, I always say to my students, music is such a great connector because we we can connect through music, through through time and through through geography. Like we are connected through music. But our faith is really the greatest connector. Right. So these guys who were connected through their music and through their faith, who lived so far away from each other and so far apart. And then guess what? We're connected with them. I know. You know, that it can the Holy Spirit connects us, the Holy yeah. Spirit and the music. Okay. Yeah. So 
I mean, I, we think people know this hymn. But I'm ha- sh- sure people do. But okay. Let's sing it. Let's All sing right, the let's first sing, verse. We'll sing the first verse for you. See if it's familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. How firm a foundation. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said? To you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. You know, is there like a little shade in that third line? I I like kind of chuckle at the third line. Like, what more can he say to you guys? (laughs) How much more can he tell you? I mean, the Bible has everything you need. What more do you need? Right. Right. You know, there's that story that Jesus mm-hmm. tells where Abraham is, you know, in heaven and there's a big chasm and they, people can't get 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 over the chasm. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, can't you send someone to my brother and can't you send someone to my family and let them know? And he says, listen, we ha- they have the prophets, they have the word. I mean, if they can't believe that, what are they going to believe? Are, are they going to really believe if someone rises from the dead? Right, right. You know, and it's just like saying, listen, Jesus gave us all the information. He even rose from the dead. He talked with people right. afterwards. And people still, like, want more proof, you know. What more can he say? <laughs> all right. Are you ready to dig into this great hymnological mystery? It is a mystery. So there's so many questions about the authorship mm-hmm. of this hymn. I, I mean, it's so funny to me. The first time we see the words in print are in 1787, and it's a hymn book called A Selection of Hymns. <laughs> so not, not the most creative title. <laughs> <laughs> but this Dr. John Rippon from England is the editor of the book, maybe even the publisher. So we sort of attribute the words to him. But there's no real proof that he had anything to do with it, except that he published the book. I did learn a lot about Dr. Rippon. He was born on April 29th, 1751 in Tiverton, Devon, England. Now, Dr. Rippon was one of the most popular and influential dissenting ministers of his time. Wow. He was educated at the Baptist College in Bristol. And I found that he was conferred a degree of Doctorate of Divinity in 1792 by the Baptist College in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. In okay. Providence, Rhode Island? Yeah. Now, we, Kelly and I are from New England. Rhode Island yes. is just to the south of us. And I have never heard of a Baptist college in Providence, Rhode Island. Kelly, have you? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little of the history of this college because okay. I cannot believe we have one here. I feel like I would know of every Baptist college. (laughs) Maybe it's really small. Okay. So in late 1762, way back when there were only 13 colonies. I mean, it wasn't even America. Yeah. A group of Baptist leaders met in Philadelphia who decided that there needed to be a Baptist college in New England. Now, Rhode Island was one of the few colonies that really didn't have a college yet. And Rhode Island had this growing population of Baptists at the time. There were 22,000 Baptists in the colonies, and 80% of those were in New England. Wow. I know. Oh. So this new Rhode Island college was the third college in New England and only the seventh in America. This is 1762. They have one student in its, <laughs> in its class when it opens in 1765. So they're doing well. They're getting more students every year. They build a nice campus in Providence. 
In 1775, they were deeply affected by the battles of Lexington and Concord, mm. and they decided to cancel the public graduation ceremony. Wow. Yeah, the poor class of 1775 Aww. didn't get a graduation. Just like our students from 2020. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> then they actually closed the college from 1776 oh. to 1782 because of the Revolutionary War, and the college was a barracks for the American troops and a military hospital. Wow. Now back to... <laughs> Dr. Rippon. So he gets this honorary degree from this college in Rhode Island, which I think is fantastic. I couldn't find, like, any information, but I imagine he had to go there to get it, right? They had a ceremony. Right. right. So I'm, I'm thinking I mean, that he did. He traveled across the Atlantic. He must have. He must have. I mean, they, they didn't do it over Zoom. <laughs> So in 1773, he became the pastor of the Baptist Church in Carter Lane, Tooley Street. Afterwards, it moved to New Park Street. He was the minister here for Mm -hmm. over 60 years. Mm -hmm. This is in London, and it's near the underground stop Elephant and Castle, which I know I've been there, Elephant and Castle. I do not remember this church, but I mean, I looked online. The building looks incredible. Uh Oh, is this our traveling with the twins? (laughs) This is your captain's We should take a trip. I would definitely go there. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, traveling to Rhode Island to see <laughs> might be a little bit easier. Yeah. So the college in Rhode Island, I guess I never wrapped that up. Yeah. It is now brown. It is. Right. It is brown. Okay. But yeah, so Dr. John Rippon was one of the ministers of this church. It is now called the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Oh. After he passed away... Um, one of the other pastors who served the church was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He started working there in 1854. Now, while Spurgeon was there, the church was like overflowing. People were sitting on the windowsills and lined up outside. I mean, eventually they decided to expand the building. They removed the wall behind the pulpit to allow for 200 more seats. Wow! And it still wasn't enough. And that's when they moved to this new location at Elephant and Castle. Okay. There's a quote that Spurgeon has. Mm -hmm. And when he's talking about his predecessors... He said that Dr. Rippon prayed for the pastors who would follow him, and he quoted, I am told that my venerable predecessor, Dr. Rippon, used often in his pulpit to pray for somebody of whom he knew nothing who would follow him in the ministry of the church and greatly increase it. He seemed to have in his mind's eye some young man who would greatly enlarge the number of the flock. He died and passed away to heaven a year or two after I was born. But older members of the church have told me that they have read the answer to Dr. Rippon's prayers in the blessing that has been given to us these many years. Spurgeon started preaching at that church when he was 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would love to spend a Sunday at that church. This is your captain speaking. So Dr. Rippon was the one who edited and compiled this hymn book. Right. And we're kind of giving him credit for the words of... How How firm firm a foundation. foundation. But we're not really sure. No, we aren't sure. There's a lot of people who have different opinions on this. I know. And I think it is interesting. I mean, I don't think people are, like, getting into fisticuffs over it. But it is this, like, mystery. (laughs) And uh, and we're going to dig into it a little bit more. So it's clear that it was from this hymnal that was Mm -hmm. compiled by Rippon. It was attributed to just the letter K. Right. Okay. So we've seen this letter K in the first one that we saw with Rippon, but in multiple publications afterwards, it has just said K. Mm -hmm. Now, assuming that that isn't Kelly... Or Carrie. (laughs) We have to figure out who this K is. So I read that there's some possibilities. 
Yeah, there's definitely some options. And it's all guesswork. Like, it's who, all guesswork. Who could this K be? I'm going to give you some examples, and then I want to know which direction you're leaning. Uh, I, have a, I have a leaning. I have a leaning, too. Hmm. Mm. I wonder if we have the same. I wonder leaning. if it's a twin leaning. <laughs> okay. So the first one that I'm going to tell you about is Robert Keane. Okay. He was the song leader in the church and he worked with Rippin. Right. The two colleagues. of them had a good working relationship. Yep. Um, and I read that other hymns that they know were by Keane were signed in the same manner. Right. So they believe that it could just be him. Right. And there's a couple of tunes at the time. How Firm a Foundation wasn't our tune. Right, right, right. So there's a tune called Broughton and a tune called Geared. Mm -hmm. And the tune that is Geared is actually by Robert Keene. And it's closely, it's very similar to yeah. How Firm a Foundation. It's not exactly. Right. So that's that's one of the um, possibilities is that it's Keene. He worked in that church at Carter Lane from 1776 to 1793. And the book was published in 1787. So it's right there while mm -hmm. they're working together yep. in that time period. Now, another thing could have been Thomas Kirkham. Okay. He published his own collection of hymns in 1788. And he includes lots of Rippon's work, mm -hmm. but he doesn't include How Firm a Foundation. Oh. So he's another, I mean, I just eliminate him as a suspect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then there's George Keith, okay. another K name. Mm -hmm. He was a book publisher. And in 1771, he was the pastor that left Carter Lane when... When our guy, Rippon, took right. over. Sure. Right. Okay. And I guess there's a hymnologist named Daniel Sedgwick, and he researched it a ton. Okay. What did and he learn? he's basically saying that he thinks it's Keith. Okay. So he said that someone, an old woman in the church, <laughs> he met in an almshouse, and she said that it was absolutely Keith. Wow. I believe her. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So we have Kirkham. Mm -hmm. We have Keith. We have Keene. We have Kennedy. Right. This Kennedy, we don't know much about, actually. Okay. It appears in, like, 1826 in Spurgeon's book. Um, but no one knows who the Kennedy is. He's yet to be identified. He or she. Okay. Okay. And then the final thing is that it is by Rippon himself. Mm -hmm. Now, as the editor and the compiler of the hymnal, he did edit hymns and change things. Mm -hmm. And he made them work for the hymnal. Maybe he took out a verse. Maybe right. he changed a key. Um, so he did a lot of alterations. So one of the schools of thought is that he it's him and that he had, he at least deserves partial credit because that K right. could have included any of those people, but it's Rippon who actually put it together. Right. Okay, so do you have yeah. a, a guess? Yeah. Your educated guess. So your educated guess is like better than most. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Gary. So tell us. I think it was Rippon. Me too. <gasps> Are you kidding? No, I think the K is him, and he could, didn't want to give himself full credit. Right. Because, because he, he knew that he was, like, using yeah, and borrowing. He knew he, it wasn't original to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, we're high-fiving each other. We're high-fiving each other. <laughs> Our twin opinion. Don't, if you are debating with someone, don't get into fisticuffs yes, over it. Yes, it's not that big of a deal, people. <laughs> All right. I can't believe I thought you and I were going to argue. <laughs> no, I. as soon as I saw that K could be ripping, I was yes. like, oh, done. I'm okay. done. Let's just end the podcast now. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> There's so much more to talk there about. Is. Okay. So we're going to attribute this to Rippin. He had a couple of other tunes. Now, I think these other tunes are so interesting because they really work. Right. And you have to think about it. 
the tune that we know didn't come into play until 1832. So that's like 60 years later. So of course people are looking at the words and coming up with all of these different tunes until we get the tune that we sing in 1832. A lot of different tunes were used. Let's talk about some of those tunes. Yes, I love it. I love it too. I thought this was so interesting. The tune that was most ascribed to this hymn is Adeste Fidelis. What's that? (laughs) What's that? Here Kelly is breaking out her Latin. Here's my Latin. <laughs> so some of you may know Adeste Fidelis. Yeah, I think it's a pretty common yeah. title. Yeah. It is O Come, Come All Ye Faithful. Faithful. So we thought it would be fun to sing How Firm a so Foundation. Weird. How Firm a Foundation. To o Come All Ye Faithful. Okay, I'll try. Okay. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said? To you who for refuge, to you who for refuge, to you who for refuge, to Jesus have fled. Weird. 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 You guys have no idea how hard I had to practice for that. <laughs> we just did that 18 <laughs> times for Carrie, mostly. That is so weird. Okay, I have another one. And it is one of the hymns we've done in Hymn Talk Twin Talk. So I just want a second for our listeners to try to guess. Go back to the ones that we've done. Which one do you think could be an alternate tune to How Firm a Foundation? I don't like this game. <laughs> There's no hymn tune that I want to see go to How Firm a Foundation. There's just none. I'm I'm done with this game. All right. The hymn from Hymn Talk Twin Talk that works for these words is My Jesus, I love thee. What? I know. I know. Let's sing it. No, I can't. <laughs> Stop whining, Carrie. <laughs> Our listeners want this. I'm not sure. I I seriously feel like it's messing with your brain. All right. I can't believe we're doing this. All right. Want to try the second verse? Fear not. Fear I not. Am I am with thee. Okay. All right. Fear not. I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed. For I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand. Upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. Okay, that was super hard, too. <laughs> I don't like this game. You're so good at it, Kelly. I don't understand. <laughs> I can't do it, you I guys. I think it's so fun. It is. Carrie is, she has the hymn in front of her and the words in front of her, and she's going back and forth trying to read both. I just have the tune in my head. I can't. I can't do it. The tune of How Firm a Foundation is in my head. I can't even remember the tune now. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like... When I lived in England, I didn't have the opportunity to do this that often. But when I drove, yeah. it was it just messes with your brain. Yeah. You 
you you have to concentrate so much about where the road where the side of the road is mm-hmm. and who's coming towards you and whenever you have to make a left or a right hand turn which which lane you go into after you turn like it yeah. it messes with you yeah. that's that's the only thing that i can compare this that's to that's so funny I, it is so hard i didn't have a problem with it so maybe i would be an awesome driver in england yeah i <laughs> sort of feel like it's walking and chewing gum too that can be really hard <laughs> All right, right. so we just... Enough of this nonsense. (laughs) It's like we've been here 18 hours, people. (laughs) Let's just deal with Rippin' and Funk. Okay, so Funk, we haven't really talked about him, except that he has an awesome name. Yeah, so we attribute the melody to him, although we see that it's maybe just an American melody that he adapted. So tell us about Funk, because he's kind of cool, too. So Joseph Funk was born on April 6th in the year 1778. Now, he was a pioneer American music teacher, public teacher, and an early American composer. Now, he was the grandson of Henry Funk. So Henry Funk is the first Mennonite bishop in America. His son, who would be Joseph Funk's father, was Henry Funk Jr. He's actually the founder of the Funkite branch of the Mennonite church. Okay. I know. Well, this is the thing that is so interesting about this song. Mm -hmm. We find it in a Baptist. We find it in England. We now we're finding it in Mennonite. I know. So in 1847, he established the first Mennonite printing house in the United States at Mountain Valley, Virginia, which has been renamed Singer's Glen, which I want to live in. I want to live in Singer's Glen. That name is familiar to me, too. I've heard that. Now, Funk and his sons were active in organizing and teaching many singing schools in Virginia. So he published, edited this hymnal. It was called, what was the, it called? A Compilation of Genuine Church Music. Again, like not the most creative right. names. But this is where we see mm-hmm. um, how firm a foundation for the first time with this melody. Right. Now, this book was used in singing schools. It contained 208 pages, and it included rudiments of music and tunes mm-hmm. harmonized for three voices. According to the Mennonite Encyclopedia, this music textbook has reached a total issue of nearly 100,000 copies, and it is still in use by the Mennonites today. Wow. Yeah. Did he write other hymns? Like, is there going to be another episode coming that we would talk about? I him? didn't find anything recognizable wow. from, from funk or ripping for that matter. Wow. Yeah. So their big claim to fame is how firm a foundation. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. It's this Mennonite hymnal that has how firm a foundation. Mm-hmm. I found how firm a foundation in the Mormon hymnal. Okay. So... You know, Mormonism starts in America and they and all of these people convert and they don't have any Mormon hymns yet. Right. That's true. I mean, how would they? In July of 1830, John Smith had this revelation from God that his wife, Emma, just days after she was baptized, she would be instructed to make a selection of sacred hymns that were given to her and that would be used in the church and that it would be they would be songs for the righteous. A couple of years later, it was ordered that all of the hymns that Emma was putting together would be corrected by someone else named Brother William Phelps. So the two of them worked together. Mm -hmm. She would pick out the hymns and then he actually would end up like editing some of them and taking out some of the words. So basically they were looking for hymn texts that are really important that kind of support the big tenets of Mormonism, Mm -hmm. such as building a literal Zion in Missouri, 
preparing for an imminent second coming and reflecting a strong sense of community. So these people didn't have music and music is such an important step right. in creating an identity. So they so this helped. And the thing that is so amazing to me, their first hymnal was released in 1835. It's mm -hmm. the first Mormon hymnal. So basically 5 years after John Smith's revelation. Mm -hmm. And in from 1835 to now the, the tradition of music right. in the Mormon church is so huge. They established this hymnal, and what they did was they established that music was important. Right. The first hymnal, I guess this is a fun fact, okay. and how firm a foundation... <laughs> how firm a foundation was included. All right. Well, I feel like we should dive into this hymn and these words. Yes. I mean, there was a lot to talk about because there was so much mystery. <laughs> so much mystery. Um, but yeah, let's talk about these words. Okay. You know, one of the things that I read about why this text is so unique is that it shifts the who's speaking. Okay. The first two verses are in third person. Mm -hmm. And then it switches to first person as Lord. the Lord, the Lord is speaking. God is speaking. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of neat. And it's also why sometimes we see quotation marks included. We're singing what someone else is, is saying. Okay. So, I mean, it begins how firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. I like this line, what more can he say? Right. You know, it's but, that the word is yeah. the foundation. I mean, I feel like verse 1 just lays down the truth about the Word of God. Right. And it's in intended effect on the saints of God, giving them a firm foundation built on faith in Jesus Christ. God's Word is a sufficient foundation of our faith. Right. And that, and you can say that it is similar to um, Firm Foundation, the, the song yeah, that the kids there you like. Go. Yeah. So, I mean, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in the New Testament telling them that Jesus Christ is the foundation. What does the Bible <laughs> say? And no man can lay any other. Right. So we are building everything on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So we have a second verse that isn't in our hymnal. Ah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you want to sing it for everybody? Yes. I say we sing all of the verses that we, you know, we haven't sung yet. Okay. <laughs> and this this may be new to you. It's definitely new to me. And when you look at it, you know, you might understand why maybe it's not included. Okay. In every condition, in sickness and health, in poverty's veil, or abounding in wealth, at home and abroad, on the land, on the sea, as thy days may demand, so thy succor shall be. I mean, what's succor? <laughs> what's that? I mean, what's so that? thy succor what's shall that? be. I actually loved it up until that word. You loved it? I, I did. don't even know what it's saying. It's saying in every condition. You could be in healthy or sick. You could be poor in poverty or have plenty of wealth. You could be anywhere in this world, no matter where you are or what you're going through. Thy sucker shall be. I, that's why I said I, I liked it up until the end. Okay. I mean, I it's just saying that God is there. God is there. God is providing. God is faithful. I don't know what So what do you think this word succor means? It's assistant and support in times of hardship and distress. That's all. It's assistant, support, help. That is a horrible aid. word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so maybe we need to rewrite verse two if you like everything but that. I also think that um, stanza two <clears throat> compares to Philippians 4, 12 through 13. You know, I love this. What does the Bible <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I know how to be brought low. 
And I know how to abound in any and, and every, every circumstance. circumstance. Yes. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through him who succors me. Stop it. It strengthens me. It strengthens. I mean, it, okay, it could be succor. Yeah, that's a great, I think Rip it's a great. Rip on and succor. I don't understand these words today. I think it's a great verse. Me the, too. The, it's just poor word choice at the end yeah. there. Okay. All right, let's do verse three. We know this. We did it before. Yeah. Okay. Fear not, I am with thee, oh, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. So that is God speaking. It's in the quotations. It's in quotations, yeah. Now, in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, we hear, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I mean, it feels like a direct mm-hmm. quotation. We love when hymns are directly quoting the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's God talking to us. Um, and so I think this maybe makes a little bit more sense to be in the second verse. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's a big word in there, too, which I can remember, like, learning in Sunday school. I wonder if our listeners feel like they know the word omnipotent. What's that? It's a great word. <laughs> What's that? Omnipotent. What's that? Yeah. So omnipotent just means all-powerful. Right. It's the omnipotent, omnipotent, right. all-powerful. Right. And so do you remember when we were in Sunday school learning, uh-huh. like, the omni words? I remember there was omnipotent. Yeah. There um, was omnipresent. And omniscient. Omniscient. Yeah. And they all described God. Omniscient yeah. was all, God is all knowing. Mm-hmm. Omnipresent, God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And omnipotent, God is all powerful. All right, let's do the next verse. Okay. All right, here's verse four from the original. Mm-hmm. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. For I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. I really think four and five go really close together. It's about being in hard times and having God sustain you. So let's go right to verse five, and then we'll talk about them both. All right. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. I mean, there's some phrases that really jump out right. just as Bible verses. Bible verses, yeah. right. And both of them are talking about being in deep waters, rivers of sorrow, fiery mm-hmm. trials. Mm-hmm. The flame won't hurt thee. I mean, can you think, can anyone think of a Bible story that fits 
any one of those examples of God sustaining people of the Bible? Yeah, it makes me think of Daniel. I mean, Daniel was the one who was in the fire with who? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> yeah, I know that from my time watching Veggie Tales <laughs> or, or Sunday School. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they were literally in the fire mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. The, and the flame did not hurt. I mean, that's, I know. you know. And that's exactly what this verse is referring to. And then I'm thinking of the... I'm, I'm thinking of the Israelites when they had to pass through the Red Sea and the God prov- provided a way for them. Right. The waters did not overtake them. Right. So I feel like you can literally look at these words and point to the Bible mm-hmm. or you can, you know, kind of figuratively talk about, you know, just the trials in our life yeah. where it feels like we're in a fiery furnace, right. you know, and it feels like the waters are going to overtake us. Um, and God is going to provide for us. He's going to strengthen us mm-hmm. in both of those times. So really, it's about God's faithfulness. Yeah. I mean, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, it says, When thou passest through the waters, Mm. I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Yeah. And then in verse 5, I mean, one of my favorite verses of all times, my grace is sufficient for Mm -hmm. thee Mm -hmm. from 2 Corinthians. So, I mean, there's still some weird words in there, though, that have not been edited or changed, which I think is so funny. I know. So the word dross. dross. What's that? (laughs) Thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. So it's basically speaking from God, God's words. And he says, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. Right. And so dross is is what, Kelly? Is like the... It says the scum of impurities that forms on the surface of molten metal. So when God is refining Refining us us. and melting us, it's all that stuff that, you know, we don't need. Yeah, he's taking it all away. He's taking it all off for us. I mean, was there another way of saying that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the dross. Yeah. All right, so now let's jump to verse 6. Okay. This is the verse that's most eliminated. Okay. You'll see six verses in a lot of hymnals, and this one is not included. And let's sing it and see if you can figure out why it might not be included. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Even down to old age, all my people shall prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And when hoary hairs shall their temples adorn, like lambs they shall still in my bosom be born. That was hard to get through. <laughs> uh, I mean, do we need to change the rating on this? I mean, do we it's like need PG to talk 13? about being old? Like, yeah. A lot of a lot of hymns have that, you know, when I'm older and, you know, feeling weak and fragile. I feel like we just did it. I mean, even in the old rugged cross, yeah. they talk about, you know, someday when Jesus calls me to my home far away. Right. You know, there's a lot of hymns that do that kind of end of life thing. Okay. The thing that really sticks out mm-hmm. is when they're talking about our hoary hairs. Mm-hmm. So that's H-O-A-R-Y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any idea what that might mean? I mean, I'm assuming it means gray or yeah. falling out. <laughs> gray or white with age. Yeah. So when your gray or white hairs are adorning your temples. Mm-hmm. Like lambs, you will still be snuggled up in his bosom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, besides hoary and bosom, <laughs> I don't even, I don't love when it says, when they don't absolutely rhyme, I like know. prove and love. We I, know. Yeah. Kelly hates love and yeah. prove. All my people shall prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. Mm-hmm. It should be Louvre. Yeah. So six is, is 
skipped a lot of times. It's not even included in our hymnal, and right. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Except that the truth of that verse is kind of amazing. Yeah. You know, all of my people will prove my sovereign, my eternal, my unchangeable love. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a message that we want people right. to know about right. our God? There you will know, be no question. Right. It will be proven right. Right. And and there's so much that people don't understand about God, his judgment and his right. wrath. But, right. you know, the thing that is sovereign, eternal, and unchangeable right. is his love. So maybe there's a way we can rework that verse as well. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Okay. Okay, so the last verse, yeah. which is in our hymnal. Okay. Let's sing it. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I cannot desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell, should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never, Forsake. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a weird word there. Do you know repose? What's that? What's that? Um, What's that? Is that like somehow strength or composure or something like that? No. It's so funny that you think that. I thought it was like an angle, like some mathematical term. Is it? It could be. Well, I I looked it up. And repose means rest, peace, and tranquility. So doesn't that change the meaning of that stanza? I think it's I think it kind of changes it for me. Well, we're leaning on Jesus for, for rest, rest, for peace. Yeah. I mean, it's we're not relying on him to 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 feel that. Otherwise, this world, this earth, we won't ever feel that. Right. Yeah. So the verse is saying, listen, if you are leaning on Jesus, mm-hmm. he will not, he cannot desert you. Right. He cannot so the soul, you know, that is now leaning on him, mm-hmm. even though all of hell should endeavor to shake it. Yeah, should try to grab it, hold right, of it. Which yeah. we know that. I mean, we know that the devil he is like a roaring lion right. seeking whom he can devour. Yeah. You know, Jesus, God, will never, no, never, yeah. no, never forsake. Carry three nevers. Three nevers. Three nevers. When you repeat a word like that, mm-hmm. I mean, it could just be he needed he more needed syllables. He needed more. Yeah. But... <laughs> Usually when a word is repeated, it's for it's, it's for, for strength and emphasis. Yeah. yeah. So never, no, never, no, right. never forsake. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, I mean, we have that promise. It's God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Right. And in a way, like never leave nor forsake thee, we are emphasizing it again. Yes, we're using different right. words. Right. But it's this idea that, yeah. It's never going to happen. And what I love about that is that it's quoting the Old Testament. We're going back to Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy 31, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, it is he that goes with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He goes before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I mean, basically, right. that's like the whole song. I feel like the whole that's song. the whole song yeah. right there. Yep. Yeah. So we went through all seven verses, I, and they're all, you know, they're all important in their own way. I know. I can see why all of them were written and all of them are included in some hymnals, right. but it also makes sense. I mean, it's hard to sing through seven verses I of know. E- 
of even your favorite hymn. And you know, the song goes quick. It does go and quick. And so then it feels like kind of you're singing the same thing again and again and again. Yeah. So it's it's good that we do the four. Um I have to say that it's 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 one of my favorites now, even with the weird words. All right, so now we have a real treat for you guys. We love finding music from Christian artists all over the world. And we love when they, you know, make a hymn their own and they yes. and they add their own unique sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what these people do for this one. Yeah, for sure. Now, this is the praise and worship team at the Providence Church in Austin, Texas. Okay. And of course, like many churches, they're putting all of their worship music online. Right. They're putting they're streaming their services. Right. And so I got to hear them. I feel like I never would have heard this. Right. How would we have? Yeah. This is their praise band. And they do this old hymn I know, of I How Firm a Foundation in a new how firm the foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you for refuge, to Jesus I've Providence Church, you know, we'll share their yeah. YouTube channel. So yep. if anybody wants to check them out, they can. Um, yeah, maybe someday when we're in Austin, we'll visit them. Oh, that would be great. That's great. We <laughs> could go to Austin. All right. So as always, please follow us on Facebook yes. and Twitter and Instagram. Use our hashtag, HymnTalkTwinTalk. And to close us out, I think I'm going to read one of the, a passage from the Bible, probably one of the most famous ones about foundation. Yeah. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, Mm. but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods Mm -hmm. came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. That's it. Our foundation is in the Lord. Yes. It, it is in his word, and it is in his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, we'll, we'll be back next week on Him Talk, Twin Talk. Yep. With a new hymn, please tune in, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Keep singing.